Good morning. Uh, it is a joy to be with you here this morning. I bring you greetings on behalf of your AFLC fellowship. Uh, first from 256 other congregations uh, worshiping the Lord uh, together this morning. Bring you greetings from them. Then from our fellowship of ministries, from uh, home missions, planning churches, from world missions, seeing the gospel going globally, from the Bible college and seminary, uh, as well from the ARC, and then from the courting committee, which includes uh, ambassador publications, uh, AFLC evangelism, discipleship, youth, and many others. And I probably forgot one, but greetings uh, on all of that. Looking around the room, knowing a number of you are connected with those ministries, it's a little bit funny to bring your greetings in that way, but it's still true in what we normally do as we go uh, to visit. Also, I want to bring you greetings on behalf of my family. Uh, It's an honor to be here today uh, in a congregation that was the first congregation that my family was a part of as an AFLC congregation. Uh, My oldest two kids were baptized in uh, this congregation, and so uh, it's a joy uh, to be with you this morning. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 uh, together, and we'll read that in a minute. But we need to recognize up front that it's a congregation at Corinth. They had been impacted by the gospel. They had heard uh, all that Christ had done for them. They had been changed, and they saw how life now was a life of faith and and living. And so they had moments of rejoicing, and they had moments of difficulty. They had ups, they had downs, and in the midst of it all, uh, the Spirit prompts Paul to write this letter to them And to all of us in each and every congregation down through the ages in seeing how God works through the ups and downs. And from the midst of all of this, it's a reminder that no matter what comes, the character of God and the character of his congregation is reflective of him. And to understand what he has in each and every congregation. So based on God's word, we're going to see how this Corinthian congregation, through the ups and downs, made sense of going forward, and I trust, by his word, by his spirit, has something to apply for us here today as well. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, first nine verses of the book, invites you to stand out of respect for God's word, reading in the precious name of Jesus. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus that in every way you were enriched in him and all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. We ask that you work in our hearts and minds today to set us apart for what you have for us, for your kingdom purposes. Guide us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The character of the congregation understands who 
It is in Christ and clings to Christ and goes forward relying on his faithfulness. First, we're going to notice that the character of the congregation has an identity. This identity is coming from Jesus Christ and and makes sense of the rest of things from that identity. Next, we're going to see how the congregation has a testimony, that this life in Christ leads to expressing the reality of forgiveness of sins and new life in him, and that testimony is personal and it is corporate as well. And so after an identity and after a testimony, we're going to see how this then impacts fellowship, that God has given a fellowship to the congregation. And last, we're going to notice how the grace of God is woven through this whole picture. So first, notice the character of the congregation has an identity. I don't know about you, but I am tempted sometimes when I go to a new book of the Bible, especially one of the epistles, that I start reading and I just kind of scan those first verses and like, okay, let's get into this. But let's take the time this morning. Notice verses 1 through 3. Paul indicates that who he is, this identity is where he starts. Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. He sees that he is first and foremost purchased by the blood of Christ and that this calling on his life is to know the living God and to be an apostle, to be sent out with this view. So he sees himself in this identity. But it's not just Paul. Our brother Sosthenes, maybe not a name you've chose for your children. Uh, Maybe it would be easier if it was nicknamed Sos or something like that. But with this, he's reminding that it's not just Paul appealing to the congregation. It's Paul and Sosthenes together as brothers making this appeal so that they can hear that it's us together appealing to you together as a congregation. Again, identity. These were lives impacted by Jesus. Who does Paul and Sosthenes say they're addressing? Verse 2, to the church of God that is in Corinth. Those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. Now, in visiting our congregations across the country, I have yet to walk in on a Sunday morning and have members greet each other, Hi, St. Joe. Hi, St. Anne. We don't do that. We don't typically speak that way. But here it's linking again into identity. They are the church of God. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. They are sanctified in Christ Jesus. They had come to know him and were being strengthened and set apart for the purposes God had for them together so that their identity would be saint. In our Lutheran heritage, we talk about being both sinner and saint. And those apart from Christ only have that first part, sinner. But those who have come to know Christ are a saint. Our standing in Christ is completely forgiven. But as long as we walk this earth, we still have that first part, sinner sitting there for us. And that's part of what Paul is reminding here. Called to be saints together. Because we are sinner and saint, we're called to be saints together so that we're reminding one another of who we are. Saints. In Christ. But notice how verse 2 ends with all those who in every place call in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Who is in view? Local congregation in Corinth and the global body of Christ. Local, global. This is the view of the body of Christ being experienced together. This 
identity. Well, wait, Pastor Jason, this sounds like an awesome group. They, they're saints, they're sanctified, all these things. What's the big deal? What's the issue? In your paper Bible or electronic Bible, scan down to verse 10. I appeal to you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and there be no divisions among you. In the midst of their identity, there was still difficulties. There were still ups and downs. There was still uh, the, the old nature sinner side wants to appeal to our own preferences in this. And as a number of you know, going through the rest of this book, they deal with immorality, they deal with divisions, they deal with disorder, uh, they deal with some stuff that just should not be named among the body of believers. And so God's word is reminding them to go back to their identity. Today, you as a congregation celebrate the Lord's provision with an interim pastor. But we need to take the moment to remind one another that their identity is not in the pastor, not in the building, not in the budget. Our identity is in Jesus Christ, him alone. If we're in that spot where we start to allow something else to be our identity, we're in trouble. And God's word calls us to turn from that and to trust again in the only identity for the body of Christ. And that is the Lord Jesus himself. We do not find our identity in any other area. Our identity is in Christ. Who is your identity as an individual? Who is your identity, Grace Free Lutheran Church? Second, the character of the congregation has a testimony. Notice as your eyes go down into verse 6, in the context of this thought about God working here, comes this phrase, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. What is this testimony? It's the reality of what God had done through Jesus for them as a congregation. For as many as received him, they had this testimony. And notice it is something that was confirmed. I walked down the hall this morning, heading over to the prayer time, and heard Pastor Jorgensen working with the confirmation class. We use this picture to confirm, to understand this faith in which we stand. But it's not just for teenagers. It's for all ages, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. Verse 8 goes on who will sustain you, the Lord at work here, the Lord Jesus at work, who will sustain you to the end, same word as confirmed, sustain you, confirm you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our testimony, that we have forgiveness of sins, that we have new life in him. In just a few months, we'll enter into Advent. We'll remind one another that Christ came, Emmanuel, God with us that he came, lived a perfect life, went to the cross for you and me, and took our punishment. He rose again. He is alive today. This Savior King is at work. So whether we simply say it, Jesus is my God, Jesus is my King, whether we say it in 30 seconds, whether we say it in minutes over coffee, however we say it, God's Word calls us to say it. This is our testimony. This is what we have to share. In her book, Almost Christian, Kenda Christie Dean examines the early 21st century research about evangelical congregations passing on the faith to the next generation. 
Dean sees and looks back through church history herself, being from a more mainline background, and, and notices how the modern church has dropped a few different practices. And one of the three practices that she appeals to is when did the church drop testimony? As she describes this and, and telling of God's faithfulness in Christ to one another, and yes, to those that don't know the Lord, but here first, to the body being the body to one another. Dean concludes one chapter with this statement. The good news is that the local congregation does have tools for cultivating consequential faith, even if they are rusty from disuse. Local congregation, you have the opportunity to testify, to give testimony to how the Lord is working in your life. Yes, when we think about testimonies, we talk about that telling of coming to faith in Christ, and that is valuable. We want to keep telling that. But the sense of this is continuing to talk about how Jesus is at work today. Quoting a former interim pastor of Grace Free Lutheran, the late Dr. Fran Munseth, he talked about when he was young and testimony services in his congregation, he remembered a gentleman who would get up, an older gentleman, anytime they had a testimony night, he'd get up and tell about how he came to Christ as a teen. Then in his 80s or 90s, he would... Years old, he would work his way back and sit down. And Dr. Mensah talked about, even as a young person, he, he left, found himself kind of asking, praise the Lord for that, brother. But isn't there anything else? <laughs> Nothing else God has done in the last 50, 60, 70 years in that? Testimony. God is calling us to understand, even as the testimony about Christ is confirmed among you as a congregation. What do you have to share today? What is the Lord calling you to share? And who is the Lord calling you to share that word of testimony? Next, the character of the congregation includes a fellowship. Take a look at verse 9. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, a lot of churches use fellowship in different terms. We talk about a fellowship hall. We talk about having fellowship. We talk about having a fellowship time with coffee and and snacks and those things. And and that's the one another fellowship. But notice the focus of verse 9. Who called you into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The fellowship that Paul appeals this local church to experience first is the fellowship with Christ. And then look at the fellowship with one another. The beginning of verse 9 makes this all possible. God is faithful. What's the way to step forward through the ups and downs? Clinging to the faithfulness of God himself. One song that has reminded me of this in past months has been Man of Your Word by Maverick City Music. Nominated for a Grammy Award in 2022 for Best Contemporary Christian Performance, The song captures how the Savior King is true to his promises, although much more than an ordinary human. Uh, The title, Man of Your Word, reminds us that the Lord can be trusted. Jesus himself can be trusted. In the middle of the song comes these lyrics. We have this confidence that you'll finish what you started. God, you have never failed and you won't start with me. You're present in every step. Patient in every heartache. 
God, you have never failed, and you won't start with me. Believer in Jesus Christ, he will not fail. God is faithful. And now as we hear identity and testimony and this picture of fellowship, we we maybe didn't catch. So look again. All the way through these verses, it's the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Verse 3, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a greeting of of peace to remind one another that He has done it all. Verse 4, Paul is thankful to them. Why? Because of the grace of God given you in Christ Jesus. Verse 5, this enriching work is happening through the grace of God in all speech, in all knowledge. Verse 7, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. His grace at work. Yes, calling to faith, and yes, sustaining faith, and yes, gifting the local church, and traveling to sister congregations of four or forty or four hundred. Some of us get tripped up on verse seven. You are not lacking in any gift. Through the ups and the downs, the Spirit of God prompts Paul to tell this local church, you are not lacking in any gift. No matter the size, you're not lacking in any gift. I don't know how we get into this. I've done it. You've maybe done it as well. Congregations start to say, if only we have this, then we would be set. If only we had a sanctuary. If only we had the next pastor. If only we had making our budget. If only we get that church van, because obviously that will solve everything. If onlys distract us from the grace of God. And God tells us in verse 7, you are not lacking any gift. This was not just for Corinth. This was for Grace Free Lutheran congregation. You are not lacking in any gift. So as God's Word corrects us and gives us His grace, invites us to focus again on Him. But hold it. Pastor Jason, I'm just saying, forget and move on, whatever ups and downs and things. No, no, no. The Bible is very clear here of calling God's people to be God's people to one another. Listen to one another. Look to meet one another's needs. Lean into the forgiveness that Christ alone can extend. Work with your interim pastor. Serve one another. And all those responses do not come from a confidence in ourselves, but a confidence in Jesus Christ. We do not manufacture hope. We do not create direction. All come from Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready to receive His grace? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the opportunity to go to the gift of communion. We are grateful that you have given us your word and your means of grace. Continue to strengthen us, each of us, and continue to strengthen and guide this, your congregation. May this free living Lutheran congregation be marked by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.